Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com Today is Friday the 13th of April 2007 Let's hope this show goes easy tonight without any problems on the technical end which does happen once in a while Friday the 13th was always unlucky because of old Jacques de Molay the Grand Master of the Knights Templar that's when he was put to death apparently so they say Jake the Mole as he's better called in the underworld of pass signs and quip words today I'm going to talk about the think tanks which are working so hard and fervently to keep the psychopathic world's elite and yes it's a world's elite every nation, race etc has its psychopathic elite these are the ones who get to the top through conniving ruthlessness and uh, going over the bodies of all those on the way up that's psychopathy so we have a world pathocracy a big club where they give each other knighthoods and run off to London to get knighted by the Queen in the old Nimrod palace all of his quaint thousands of years old ceremonies which didn't originate in England but getting back to the think tanks yeah, they're all occupied and well paid in uh, figuring out every possible scenario that could possibly bring the psychopathic elite down from their uh, palace in the clouds you see and so they, they have these futurist societies all mingled with them and then they put out authors to give us predictive programming and get us ready for the next step of the elite's preparations to protect themselves now we know what they want to do to protect themselves since only the mob down below are ever the problem the ordinary people ordinary people who are not psychopaths you see have emotions and empathy for other people their survival capabilities need empathy for others because if you take care of others then hopefully when it's when you're down and out or whatever they take care of you that's how empathy works it's a survival mechanism for everyone whereas a psychopath can only cooperate with other psychopaths when they're all riding on top in a system which they control and set up and own basically but they're terrified of the mob always as old Huxley said the reason that old Rome fell the ancient uh, elite of Rome they didn't fall by the way they all moved out before it fell the, the elite always move out before it falls and build an empire elsewhere that's another story altogether but Huxley said that the reason it fell was because they couldn't supply enough bread and circuses for the people you see they hate the people they, just, they, they are disgusted at, at people who, now they know the ordinary people are different from themselves being psychopaths they know they're different from the ordinary people they kind of study us like um, a predator would study its prey that's why they put out so much money long before they started studying insects and bugs and, and how worms regenerate themselves and all the stuff were flooded with they were studying mankind humankind both male and female because once they knew the nature and the, the instincts the drives of people they could manipulate them and they certainly have always manipulated them even the need for meeting or looking for something out there the spiritual thing that people crave for in every generation for thousands of years they tend to either give us the ones to follow or they distort something which is original 
in order to control the rest. Well, they themselves don't fall for what they call these superstitions. They have their own inner belief, and they do believe that they are gods. If you understand what a god is, what is a god? A god is something which has immense power over everything. It doesn't have to be supreme. In the ancient world, there were many gods, and there were layers of gods, the degreed system of gods, just like masonry. And that's why they created secret societies, to sift out the ones with a bit of brains, but they also had to be psychopathic. They can get up there and abuse the ones below. So they call the ones below and all the rest of the public the profane, those in the darkness, those who have swallowed the reality that's been presented to them, actually instilled in them by the conditioning process. They are disgusted with ordinary people And they laugh and sneer And years after they pull something off Which is on a big grand scale They have a technique in the high occult masonry Of the revelation of the method Where they'll pick one of their authors to tell us Yes, it was done this way, you were right, it happened How clever, yada yada and we're all stunned, it casts a spell over us like the original act in itself did like Jack the Ripper for instance, it casts a spell over people, this, this strange occultic type of, of murder that was going on in London with all the Masonic emblems left on the walls and even the manner of the disemboweling as part of the Masonic ceremony if they ever disclose the secrets <laughs> and a hundred years later, Scotland Yard comes out and tells us the truth. They knew who it was. It was one of their own who worked for Queen Victoria. And the movie From Hell goes into that um, pretty factually, in fact. So they can keep anything secret for a hundred years, or as long as they wish. One day, they'll come out and tell the public, probably when we're all brain-chipped and we can't think at all anymore, yes, we did kill John F. Kennedy. Because of yada 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 But we live in Quite The Mickey Mouse world Almost of make-believe Because it is thought out Every generation's thinking And all the major things They will experience uh, Is thought out long before they were born Because the world is one giant business and they lay their plans for the business way way in advance empire building is just corporate takeover until you have the world corporation which we have already by the way at the top there are no independent corporations competing with each other we have the illusion of it so the think tanks it and say, my goodness, what could this, this peasants, what could the, the peasants do next? And they bring in big professors of philosophy and history, the Quigleys, the Toynbees, and all the rest of them. And they go through all the scenarios that happened in the past, and could they happen again? Formulas, because everything you see, according to them, is a formula in society, as though it was a natural ebb and flow of things. So if they can see how the flow is coming along, they can predict what will happen next. This is how they, they do it. They think it's scientific. And therefore they plan for it, but they also condition the population growing up as to what to expect in their lifetime, how to react to it, and how to obey it. When you look at people, the big great families, very wealthy families like the Bronfmans, who came from Russia in the late 1800s and supposedly those give us these crazy silly idiotic stories very much like the Rothschilds being rag and bone men uh, and, the, and the same with the Bronfmans who just came to Canada these little farmers that didn't do any farming dirt poor 
and it just happened they were all set up for prohibition to run the whole liquor trade from Canada into the US right down to having a cruise ship to take booze down there and run all the mafia etc and just Bronfman just happens to be Yiddish for whiskey man what a coincidence eh? and now of course the, the Bronfman family is acceptable and respectable well you see that's how psychopaths become respectable they, they get up there past all the the wheeling and dealing stage and, and the killing stage and, and all that stuff and the illegal stuff and once they get beyond that and they can buy everyone off you're respectable kind of like royalty in all ages that slaughtered their way to the top that's psychopathy you see and we get fooled because they then these, these, these old kings and queens and crooks and all the rest of it right up to the present day get authors to, and historians to write their histories and flower it up cover it with perfume and make them all such great and grandiose people that want to help be politicians and run people's lives because they're now very respectable they wear suits and ties and they don't have to hire little thugs to kill their competition that's the real world that's the real world we live in there are very good books out in Canada on the Bronfmans very interesting reads for people to pick up and go through it gives you also gives you the Kennedys too because the Bronfmans were in cahoots with the Kennedys old Joe when he was helping with the, the booze trade and to make their fortune and they're all respectable as well they fell afoul mind you and they took the consequences because they have their codes here in psychopathy at the top the think tanks they employ go through every scenario to protect them the reason they go to such incredible lengths and bizarre fantasy almost science fiction wise is because they themselves are so terrified as I say of the people because they, they suspect maybe the people have good psychopaths down there that haven't come up yet and might want to take over so that they go overboard in protecting their system which is not humane it's a psychopathic system on profit and misery and fear that's how this uh, system is run and here's what was in the Guardian Monday April the 9th 2007 and who was selected to write this? Richard Norton-Taylor Norton-Taylor double, we call that double-barreled name it's more impressive than John Smith or something like that and it says here protective chemical suits the Ministry of Defence predicts more use of chemical weapons they predict it eh? they predict more use of chemical weapons this is how they, they give their statements to the British public and, and to the world not how they came to this conclusion or anything or, or the think tanks that uh, were paid millions to go through these scenarios every kind of scenario you can imagine and he goes on to say information chips implanted in the brain electromagnetic pulse weapons the middle class is becoming revolutionary taking on the role of Marx's proletariat the population of countries in the Middle East increasing by 132% while Europe's drops as fertility falls flash mobs, they love, they love the lingo lingo is these little words that they come up with, flash mobs flash mobs which are groups rapidly mobilized by criminal gangs or terrorist groups now let's just go over this little paragraph here as I say look at how this is presented to the public this is standard British predictive programming it's giving you uh, fear on one hand without explaining exactly why they've come to these conclusions as to what's going to happen but it's, it gives us a fear in the public 
Um, it should also terrify the middle class because it tells the middle class something which has been suspected for a long time. Uh, they are definitely to be gotten rid of by this psychopathic elite because they are not worried about uh, lower psychopaths with, with less power from the lower classes jumping up there and taking over. They're worried about some people in the middle classes doing it because that's where most of them came from, you see. They worked their way up from the bottom, middle, and the top. And it says here, now why would the middle classes become revolutionary? It doesn't explain that part, you see. It means that something's going to happen to the middle classes to make them revolutionary. And also the professors they bring in, like Huxley and Toynbee, that used to be brought in, and now they have other professors that have taken over. Experts, you see their own uh, higher Masonic men that they trust. Uh, they've gone through history for them, and what I've really told them is that most revolutions are actually middle-class revolutions. The French Revolution, for instance, was a middle-class revolution. The American Revolution uh, was, was an upper-middle-class revolution, although the middle classes and lesser ones fought it. Mainly the lesser ones fought it all, and the middle classes certainly gained from it. But, uh, in fact, the psychopaths often led it. This is the problem, you see. They become leaders, and they lead things. They don't care what movement it is. They, they sense popular opinion, and they, 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 like chameleons, they adopt the attitude of the movement and become leaders. That's how they get to the top. So here they are, the population of countries in the Middle East increasing by 132% while Europe's drops as fertility falls. Now let's just analyze this little part. The Middle East so far isn't emulating completely the West. They don't have all of the civilization, as we call it, democracy, uh, of a rather free lifestyle, shall we say, to put it mildly when it comes to copulation. They don't have abortion clinics or strip clubs or any of that kind of stuff. And therefore, naturally, their population is going on uh, fairly as normal, although a lot of the younger ones being killed off by Western troops. The, the West has been declining for with fertility for really since the 50s heavily since the beginning in fact of um, even polio vaccinations you'll see the United Nations coming out every year telling us just matter of factly by the way and that's your key to this is a planned thing otherwise they would state that we have a crisis but they don't say we have a crisis although it should be they'll tell you the, the actual sperm count of the western male every year they all in fact it's due about now this is our time to be told how infertile we're all becoming there's never an explanation given and it's just put in with a bunch of other statistics which means they're right on track it's on the it's right part of the plan you see it's it's not a shock to them because it's planned that way and when they told us a couple of years ago the western male's sperm count was down by 75% of 1950s levels that should have been a wake up call to everyone but it was passed over as ho-hum that's how dumb down we are as Brzezinski said we don't panic or react we don't think heavily about something unless the media tells us to really think about this. So yes, they know the populations in the West are coming down because it was planned that way. In fact, one of the, the few rising businesses across North America and parts of Europe uh, happens to be the infertility business, the clinics making lots of money on this. As always, you always find that medicine and the legal society benefits from whatever the psychopaths at the top happen to do within society. <coughs> and information chips implanted in the brain. Now, now, here we go. You know, it doesn't really tell you why. An electromagnetic pulse weaponry. Well, 
Electromagnetic Pulse Weaponry EMPW, you see they call it has been used for years it's nothing new it's been used and been tested out big time over the last few years I've, I've witnessed it in the sky myself and I've studied the whole subject so I know the symptoms of it when you see it it's, uh, it's being used on a wide scale and who has, who has all this weaponry? Well, the elite have at the top. Who has the ability to make us all sterile? Well, the elite have at the top. They have it all. Um, who has the ability to make the middle classes revolutionary? Uh, it's because the elite, whatever they do to the rest of them, would make it so. Everything they mention there, actually, you see, is going to be caused by the elite themselves. Flash mobs. Groups rapidly mobilized by criminal gangs or terrorist groups. Now remember, criminal is a term that can be put on anybody or any group or any nation, in fact. And it is. When the United Nations happens to call a people a rogue state, that means a rogue nation. That means they're a criminal state. They've broken a treaty, even if they never signed it with the United Nations. And... Uh, so they're all criminals so anyone can become a criminal depending on what law is passed about whatever topic if you wore yellow clothes and it was forbidden you'd suddenly become a, a criminal and these things happen silly things like this not that bad yet but that's how quite can do to continue with this this is the world in 30 years' time envisaged by a Ministry of Defence team responsible for painting a picture of the future strategic context. They love these terms, that psychopathic term. They love these little terms, you see. Likely to face Britain's armed forces. It includes an analysis of the key risks and shocks. Rear Admiral Chris Parry head of the Ministry of Defence Development Concepts and Doctrine Centre see they've got a concept and doctrine centre when we're all sitting humming along the songs that are churned out if you don't understand them these days and uh, soaking up the movies to give us predictive programming to escape a little bit of misery in our lives or whatever it is that we do to get relief these characters have these think tanks on the go 24 hours a day in shifts, working in shifts. Unlimited financing for the computers and staff because we pay for it all through taxes. To dream up things that they, they're going to do to us, you see. So the Concepts and Doctrine Centre, oh, which drew up the report, describes the assessments as probability-based rather than predictive. Now, isn't that interesting? Uh, <laughs> probability based rather than predictive now that means that it's one major scenario set up that they have thought might happen because they know what they're going to do to the public you see to make things happen so this is one little tunnel you might say that comes off of this response type thing whether there will be other ones like plan A, B, C and D and, and so on you can never be too careful uh, when you're a megalomaniac and uh, a psychopath, you see, or a whole bunch of them. It says, the 90-page report comments on widely discussed issues such as the growing economic importance of India and China. Well, it, you, you see, that, that again is, again, your typical British way of telling us well, it's actually like talking to a schoolboy, talking down to a schoolboy, without giving them all the facts. That's how it's done from the elite to the peasantry over there. The 90-page report comments on widely discussed issues. But widely discussed by whom? Well, by, by these think tanks and by the elite, you see. Such as the growing economic importance of India and China. Now, India, when Britain went in to supposedly expand its empire and there are two sides of that whole story supposedly found India not as a united nation 
that is a conglomerate of little states, basically, with different cultures, and there's so many languages in India and different peoples, really. And uh, their whole idea was to unite them all, but they couldn't do it through force. And they sent in a man called Gandhi that came out of uh, Oxford too, I believe, to do it all for them under a different technique. However, they didn't pull out of India till they'd already set up a couple of generations and trained them in the British school system, made them the middle class of bureaucrats, and then they pull out. That's, that's what a mandate actually under the United Nations and the, the Commonwealth countries, they don't pull out until they've set up a similar little mini-Britain in that country, whichever one it is. China was set up by the West um, from scratch, really, modern China. It was funded by the West completely to do its present role because the, the elite's forefathers decided that China would be the manufacturer for the planet one day. And I have books from the 1930s discussing this from the Council on Foreign Relations and Royal Institute of International Affairs, their members' meetings, or minutes of their meetings. So, but he just, he's how it's reported again. The 90-page report comments on widely discussed issues such as the growing economic importance of India and China, the militarization of space. Well, you see, that was also done because while they were making us so bemused and amused about Star Trek and, and science fiction, getting us all to be gung-ho for it. It's called predictive programming again. Uh, there was a Rothschilds, in fact, who first started uh, novelists in, in the 1800s towards science fiction and told them what they wanted them to write about to get us all excited, get the youth excited. Then, it, then when something comes along in their life and they think it's normal, it's a natural way to go, even though we could go off in a thousand different directions with our work, our money, our labor, etc. And we had to do it with space. And so they gave us excitement, and we didn't mind being taxed so much for all these uh, rockets that go up and put military satellites up there and all kinds of gizmos that are going to eventually be used on us. And that's the real function of NASA uh, and not uh, sending out Hubble spacecraft and giving us little simulated cartoons of something landing on Mars. But they actually put up a lot of stuff to do with the military for the present and for stuff that's going to be used once we're all chipped, it's already up there. And the space shuttle, its job really is not to, to take up worms or spiders and see if they can mate when they're free-falling, as they tell the public, and what a joke that is. No, it's to, it's to repair and put more of the, this equipment up into space. So, yeah, the militarization of space, and even what it calls declining news quality, with the rise of internet-enabled citizen journalists, declining news quality. Now let's decipher that part. Declining news. When was the news? When did it ever have any quality? Huh? Every journalist knows to get a job. He acts like the censor. He knows what boss wants, and he gives boss what he wants, or he's out of a job. They smell the wind. They smell the wind, and of course the better ones, the ones that are psychopathic, get up on television and become major characters, like old Dan Rather, you see. Old Father Rather, that's because what, what, a whole generation grew up with this guy acting like Daddy. And would Daddy ever lie to you? Of course not. That's how it's done. So here they are about declining news quality, meaning their control, with the rise of internet-enabled citizen journalists and pressure to release stories at the expense of facts or because yes only the elite can tell you what the facts are they're authorized and their workers will do it they'll, they'll, they'll write it for you if you're not authorized then they, they won't call it facts they'll call it conspiracy theory and here you are in a guardian like this is not a conspiracy theory there no this is just an agenda of a very extreme probabilities, they say, they're going to happen to the world. So when they say this, it's okay, it's fact. 
which should make us all tremble if anyone else says it is not authorized is a conspiracy theory. It includes other, some frightening, some reassuring potential developments that are not so often discussed. And this is how they, how they lighten it a little bit, a little, they lighten it a little bit, you see. An electromagnetic pulse will probably become operational. This is, this is how they do it. I love this. By 2035, they've been testing it here for the last 50 years. See, it's already here. They keep us living in the past always by saying, one day they'll be able to do this. They already can do that. This is old stuff. That's how they get away with the stuff, and they do use it. Or oh, it can't be, because the science magazines say they haven't got it operational yet. And that's what Joe Public thinks. This is old stuff. It will be able to destroy all communication systems in a selected area or be used against a world city, such as an international business service hub. An international business service hub. The development of neutron weapons which destroy living organs but not buildings. That's the neutron bomb, neutrino bomb might make a weapon of choice for extreme ethnic cleansing in an increasingly populated world. You should listen to that again, eh? Shall we listen to that again, boys and girls? All you who are unauthorized to communicate with each other. So once again, the development of neutron weapons which destroy living organs but not buildings might make a weapon of choice for extreme ethnic cleansing an increasingly populated world well of course that will be the middle classes that will be doing that right or maybe the lower classes huh? if they have a whip round with their hats and collect enough little coin they can build these weapons hmm? well of course not they're telling you here it's themselves that might make a weapon of choice for extreme ethnic cleansing in an increasingly populated world hmm which also tells you that they've discussed the scenario of what ethnic groups they want to cleanse for extreme ethnic cleansing in an increasingly populated world the purpose is to depopulate so which ones will they start with this has all been discussed already long ago the use of unmanned weapons platforms would enable the application of lethal force without human intervention raising consequential legal and ethical issues the explicit use of chemical biological radiological and nuclear weapons and devices delivered by unmanned vehicles or missiles the explicit use of chemical, biological, radiological and nuclear weapons and devices by unmanned vehicles or missiles. This is all their stuff, you see, they already have all this. The technology, now once again, they're going to start off by putting it off way in the future, like the one day they'll be able to do this, just they haven't quite got the bugs ironed out of the thing yet the gizmo they're going to use to make us think, oh, we can be safe quite now, we're going to be safe now, that's off in the future this is old stuff, this is a p- predictive programming in fact by 2035 I mean, you know, these characters all laugh at anyone making a prediction about anything and some predictive people are laughable to begin with, depending on what crystal balls or tea leaves they're using Sure enough, but here's the elites with their think tanks, with all their predictions. By 2035, an implantable information chip. Now, we know it's going to be before that. Believe you me, it's going to be before that. It's all ready to go now. It could be wired directly to the brain. Could be. They've done it already. They discussed that Loyola meeting of world scientists that's ready to go. They even have the computer set up to control populations across the Western world. They're just waiting to convince us to take it through some crisis or whatever. 
A growing pervasiveness of information communications technology will enable states, terrorists or criminals to mobilize flash mobs. Challenging security forces to match this potential agility coupled with an ability to concentrate forces quickly in a small area. Flash mobs. Then it goes on to Marxism. The middle classes could become a revolutionary class, taking the role envisaged for the proletariat by Marx, says the report. And this is an official report from the Ministry of Defence, remember. Uh, you know that big department of bully boys that's well-funded, uh, they're psychopaths, but they don't have the multi-millions, so they work and they wear uniforms and they called all fancy titles. They work for the higher psychopaths that already have all the loot. This is from the big boys, the big stick. The thesis is based on a growing gap between the middle classes and the super-rich on one hand, and an urban underclass threatening social order. The world's middle classes might unite, using access to knowledge, resources and skills to shape transitional processes or transnational processes in their own class interest. That won't happen because, because they'll be left-wing and right-wing and they'll still be arguing about who to vote for. So they don't have to worry about that for a while. Marxism could also be revived, it says, because of global inequality. Well, you see, they've caused global inequality um, by looting the, the, the middle and in the Far East for oh, a couple of thousand years at least. And now they're, they're building up China to control that whole area. And under the, the Pacific Rim negotiations, China will actually be the boss over New Zealand and Australia. That was lumped in with it too, within it, the, without the consent or knowledge of the public there. Uh, this is all a, a done deal. And the global inequality was all planned too. They discussed that back at the beginning of the 1900s. In the, in the 70s, the UN was giving out its statistics on the same thing, the widening gap between rich and poor, etc., as it gave uh, inoculations laced with AIDS across Africa. An increased trend towards moral relativism and pragmatic values will encourage people to seek the sanctuary provided by more rigid belief systems, including religious orthodoxy and doctrinaire political ideologies such as popularism and Marxism. Well, you see, this is from the professors that they pull in from the Ivy League schools, as they always do, and the historians. Uh, so you have psychologists, uh, sociologists, and historians that uh, work for these think tanks. Many of the better-named ones or known ones that we read about in the published books work for these guys, you see. That's why they're better known. And, uh, and, and so there will be a, a trend towards moral relativism and pragmatic values. Encourage people to seek the sanctuary, sanctuary provided by more rigid belief systems, including religious orthodoxy and doctrinaire political ideologies such as populism and Marxism. What was it Margaret Thatcher said at the, the meeting around 1991? in Massey Hall in Canada, Toronto, Canada. She, she said, uh, and this is before the Middle East and all that, she said, and I guess she was talking to a bunch of the CFR and some novice reporter was in for the Toronto Sun, and some, maybe the editor was off that weekend because it actually got in the paper, this one single long column. Uh, the title of her talk was called The, the New World Order. And she went through the scenario of the coming war with the Middle East, years before the first Gulf War, and religious fanaticism would have to be eliminated in the world, and that she was talking about that too, and fundamental religions, she called them. Because see, this stuff here that they're releasing to us now, this, this, this blurb here, is, is, is only a rehashing of stuff they debated years ago in the same higher think tanks this is, a, this is time now when they start dishing it out to us 
So Thatcher was given all that stuff then, or, or Dame Thatcher, yeah. Thatcher was quite the character, because it was an interesting thing at the time. Her, her husband, she and Dennis, Dennis was her husband, little Dennis, uh, were big into buying real estate for government and stuff. Or at least it turned out that way. And when she was in office, it used to happen once in a while that when Thatcher decided to put up a new military base for the Americans or whoever, and then Parliament went to take the purchase off the land, Dennis had just beaten them to it. And then the government had to pay big, big buckaroos to buy it back from Dennis. They have such a lot of luck, these people. And that's proving your worth. If you prove your worth, you get a knighthood and you get to be in the House of Lords. However, to continue with this article here, pressures leading to social unrest. By 2010, more than 50% of the world's population will be living in urban rather than rural environments because that's the agenda. We've all taken off the land, stuck in the cities, and piled on top of each other. Except for the elite who live, and the higher middle classes who will live for a while in their very posh, wealthy, solar-powered, ultra-modern habitat areas in the rural areas so 50% of the world's population will be living in urban rather than rural environments leading to social deprivation and new instability risks and the growth of shanty towns oh the shanty towns by 2035 that figure will rise to 60% hmm migration will increase because you're all looking for work everywhere, you see. Globalization may lead to levels of international integration that effectively bring interstate warfare to an end. Oh, there's the good part. There's the good part. They'll have NGOs ready to cheer all this on because it's going to bring interstate warfare to an end. But it may lead to intercommunal conflict. Mm. Communities with shared interests transcending national boundaries and resorting to the use of violence. Population and resources. The global population is likely to grow to 8.5 billion in 2035. Well, that's your Malthusian stuff. Malthus was exactly the same. He made all these charts up which were totally fake. Um, He grossly overstated uh, what the population would be in his near future. And they've never stopped doing it ever since. To, to pretend to us and try to validate the need to bring our populations down. Some 87% of people under the age of 25 live in the developing world, demographic trends which will exacerbate economic and social tensions have serious implications for the environment. Oh, they care about the environment. These are the guys that demolished mountains to get the gold to run the world a long time ago and still do it in some places yet including the provision of clean water and other resources that's why we've got to give all water resources over to the United Nations which will then subcontract it out to private public corporations the public pay the costs the private sector takes the profits that's how it's all set up and for international relations The population of sub-Saharan Africa will increase over the period by 81% and that of the Middle Eastern countries by 132%. (laughs) If they don't come down with radiation sickness in the meantime. The Middle East, the massive population growth will mean the Middle East and to a lesser extent North Africa will remain highly unstable, says the report. It singles out Saudi Arabia the most lucrative market for British arms with unemployment levels of 20% and a youth bulge in a state whose population has risen from 7 million to 27 million since 1980. That's because they're all flooding in there because there's nowhere else to work. That's where all the big boys' oil is and so on. And and also there's wars all around them in other countries thanks to the West. 
so you can fudge figures and you can you can give statements without giving the reasons real reasons why it's not because they're simply overbreeding it's because they're flooding in you see the expectations of growing numbers of young people in the whole region many of whom will be confronted by the prospect of endemic unemployment endemic unemployment are likely to be met so the support says the report so it says here Islamic militancy oh here we go Islam again oh goodness me resentment among young people in the face of unre- unrepresentative regimes will find outlets in political militancy including radical political Islam whose concept of Ummah the global Islamic community and resistance to capitalism may lie uneasily in an international systems based on nation states and global market forces that's a mouthful the report warns the effects of such resentments will be expressed through the migration of youth populations and global communications encouraging contacts between diaspora communities and their countries of origin Tension between the Islamic world and the West will remain and may increasingly be targeted at China, whose newfound materialism, <laughs> economic vibrancy, and institutionalized atheism will be an anathema to Orthodox Islam. Now they've got it all worked out, and had it all worked out long before they even built China up. Iran will steadily grow in economic and demographic strength and its energy reserves and geographic location will give its its substantial strategic leverage. However, its government could be transformed from the middle of the period, says the report. I wonder who this report is, Mr. Report. Eh? It's always the report. It's always vague, the report. The country, especially its high proportion, and they can't tell you the names of the guys, you see, because it's top secret. It's top secret. You must keep your special agents names out of the public limelight so from the middle of the period says the report the country especially its high proportion of younger people will want to benefit from increased access to globalization and diversity diversity and it may be that Iran progressively but unevenly transforms into a vibrant democracy where they can vote left or right and go around in circles forever casualties and the amount of damage inflicted by terrorism will stay low compared to other forms of coercion and conflicts. But acts of extreme violence supported by elements within Islamist states with media exploitation to maximize the impact I love that word maximize, like maximize profits maximize the impact of the theater of violence that means it's a show of violence will persist a terrorist coalition, the report says, including a wide range of reactionary and revolutionary rejectionists, oh, rejectionists, eh? such as ultra-nationalists, because nationalism is bad, bad. When the psychopaths were making us all nations, it was good, good, good. Now that you have the global club of psychopaths, it's bad, bad, bad. And it goes on to say religious groupings and even extreme environmentalists. So even the guys who are employed and brainwashed to be extreme environmentalists might turn against them when they don't get their payoffs and so on, or their pensions are stopped from the foundations. And it might conduct a global campaign of greater intensity. Climate change. Oh, here's the biggie. The biggie that they're doing already by their, their Wizard of Oz Act. Remember the old Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain who terrified a whole people in a city from his little booth by sciences that the public didn't know existed. Same thing. There is compelling evidence, doesn't see what it is, to indicate that climate change is occurring and that the atmosphere will continue to warm at an unprecedented rate throughout the 21st century. It could lead to a reduction in North Atlantic salinity by increasing the fresh water runoff from the Arctic. This this could affect the natural circulation of the North Atlantic by diminishing the warming effect of ocean currents on Western Europe. 
the drop in temperature might exceed that of the miniature ice age of the 17th and 18th century. So you see they had these little mini ice ages and we have them and they got them down, up and down, up and down and they always have done for millions and millions of years but they're playing it up and of course they're causing all the global warming it's no big deal to actually melt the North Pole by even the harp technology alone never mind all the spraying they're doing coupled with the harp and if it's global warming uh, global's global what's happening to the to the Antarctic hmm? Uh, shouldn't it all be warming and melting everywhere? Or are they just focusing on one area? And that's not a big deal really because ancient priesthoods, you see, as I say, studied stars and comets and would terrify the public. So that's why the public were always terrified when they heard about a comet. It was a bad omen because the priest kept telling them that. And the priest would tell them it was coming and all the charlatans would, would do their divining, bullet their cards and stuff and do horoscopes and say, oh, nasty thing is coming from the east, from Orion. And, and everyone would panic and say, my God. And then when they saw something up here, this tail of a comet, um, they thought it was the end of the world because it was predicted by these charlatans who certainly had the knowledge from previous priests of when these comets passed. And they had them for many, many thousands of years. Because the ancient priesthoods were stellar, lunar, and solar. They had it all charted long, long ago. You can do a lot when you keep sciences back from a public. Because magic is just science that isn't understood by the public yet. And that's what's going on. And this is your typical, typical, typical British statement coming out from the Ministry of Defence just like a they don't speak to you in Britain they dictate to you they, they dictate down to you and that's what I noticed growing up in that bureaucratic Orwellian country was the news just dictated to you the news used to come on and it be Department of this declares and Department of that has said there's so many departments and it was just like a, a bunch of departments telling you their latest law or whatever, one after the other, very much like the Soviet Union. That's when I first clued in, they were both really the same guys running it. That's how the world really is, and that's from The Guardian. You can check into it by Richard Norton-Taylor, double-barreled name, Monday, April the 9th, 2007. Revolution, flash mobs, oh, flash mobs, and brain chips, a grim vision of the future. It's always grim though, isn't it? They never give you happy visions of the future because they don't intend that you be happy. If you're happy, uh, you might get happy and content being in that field grazing. It's hard to stampede the lower animals and get them moving again if they're very happy and content. So they've got to always keep you on the edge of war or or, 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 I don't know, some catastrophe of one kind or another. Old stuff. And they don't tell you all the characters that make up. Well, they will never tell because they all have MI5 and MI6 clearance. These characters, you see. They work for them and do all these think tank uh, spiels, which are then unloaded down to the to the unwashed masses in this dictatorial form and this is not conspiracy of course oh no because it's authorised it's authorised newspeak if you use newspeak then you're a conspiracy theorist and who invented the term conspiracy theorist they did to discredit those who parrot the information given out from the top they're unauthorised people this is the sad <laughs> and, and sometimes laughable world we live in. We don't analyze how things are presented to us. We accept the world as it's been given to us. Well, at least most people do. I don't, never did. And I hope to teach others to question and think for themselves. 
and to question these kinds of articles and dissect them. You'll find a lot when you simply dissect the article, these simple short quips and statements, and ask the, the, the obvious question along the way many times. Why? Why must it be so? If it must be so, when, then who planned it? Because in a world of variables, how can you plan something like that? It is planned. It's not variable. That's the reality of the world we live in. The world has always been planned by the pathocracy at the top. So that's about my time for tonight. Rushed off my feet as usual. I'm dealing at the moment with translators coming in from across Europe. Pretty well across the world, really. And I'll still be doing the same tomorrow. I'll be con- I'll be in touch with Linda C in Spain. If you can maybe give me email me your phone number, I can phone as well, and we could possibly get the translations worked out. It's been a busy, busy week. It's going to be a busy weekend. And I hope you can take time over what I've said tonight. Think about it. Don't let it ruin your day. You must never let predictive programming ruin your day, but it makes you weary. For myself and Hamish, I think we'll go out in that rock and release some energy tonight. Uh, maybe even go for a, a long walk. It's kind of like when you leave home sometimes, it's like being a, a gypsy. You're never ever certain if you're ever going back. And there's something very quaint about the idea about being a gypsy and traveling. Because that's how it will be in the near future, where nothing can be permanent. That's all planned that way. So for a while of the transition phase where well, many of us become the modern gypsies. So we're a little, a little trot up, up the road tonight. And probably have a little dance to this kind of music. So yeah, from Hamish and I, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. Camino yo